ironoverload.io presents Iron Overload No Bullshit Podcast with your co-host Steve from the American Underground and Mobster from the UK Iron Den. Get ready for the UG info like you've never heard before. No bullshit, no lies, straight hardcore truth. A bodybuilding podcast like you never heard before. And here we go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, IronOverload.io, hardcore podcast coming your way, episode 27. Steve and the Mobster joining me. We're going to be talking about cardio benefits and strategies, which include getting lean. So this is a really good one. Uh, we don't see too much information out there about cardio strategies. A lot of misinformation out there on cardio. Yeah. So Mobster's here. Mobster used to do a lot of endurance stuff. I used to do a lot of yeah. endurance stuff. We definitely know. A lot about this stuff. So it's first off, we got to talk about, if we're going to talk about cardio muscle, we got to talk about the heart. And the heart is a fist-sized organ, pumps blood throughout your body. If you put your hand on your heart right now, you could feel it beating. So to get a strong heart and to train your heart to be strong is very, very important. Now, most of us, especially in America, and it's somewhat in England over there yes. and in Britain. It's getting it's getting there, but in America, especially, especially in the South, especially in rural areas in America, there is very, very poor heart health, Midwest, South, Deep South. And a lot of that is linked to poor diets. Yeah. And a lot of that is linked to poor lifestyle choices. So the yeah. people out there who have the weakest hearts, the people who are out there getting heart attacks young, these are people who are abusing recreational drugs. These are people who even abuse anabolic steroids to the extreme. These are people who are overweight. These are people who smoke, drink, put a lot of bad shit on their body, shitty diets. They don't do cardio. You've got to do cardio. Now, a lot of people say, oh, but Steve, I do weight training almost every day for an hour. Isn't that cardio? It is a little bit. But it's not the same thing. And if you don't believe me, go run a 10K. Sign up for a 10K this weekend and go there. And you'll get your ass handed to you if you think that just weight training is going to get you into top shape. Because it won't. So really, very, very important to train your heart to be strong. You know, so right off the bat, one of the, simp one of the two things you got to learn about the way your heart beats. You have your maximum heart rate which is going to be your age minus 220. So if you're 50 years old, your maximum heart rate is going to be around 170 beats per minute. If you're 20 years old, your maximum heart rate is going to be about 200 beats per minute. Very, very simple. So when you go to, when you go sprint and you run as fast as you can, that's as, as high as your heart rate will go. So it might go like a few points above that, maybe five points, maybe seven points above that. But generally, it's going to be around that mark. So every day you get older, it drops by one. Your maximum heart rate will drop. So definitely when you're young, 20 years old, 25 years old, you're going to be much faster than someone who's 50, 55. All things being equal, because you're able to push your heart to its maximum speed quicker. Now, the ability to get more out of your maximum heart rate um, where you're able to basically cycle your heart and get it to push you much 
more than normally would, we'll be getting it into shape. So if you take someone, like I was saying, someone in the deep south, they eat nothing but fried food. They eat uh, IHOP every day and Denny's. They eat shit. They eat McDonald's. They don't exercise. You put them on a track and you have them run around. There's going to be less of an effect. Like basically them walking around the track will get them to their maximum heart rate. That's how out of shape their heart is. But if you're in great shape, you really have to sprint. You have to do high intensity cardio to get your heart close to that maximum heart because you're in such good shape. It's going to be, you have to, you can allow, you're allowing yourself to push more and push harder to reach that point. You see? So you have the advantage over someone who is in poor heart health shape. Now that, now the second part of that is your resting heart rate. Now, when you're yep. rested and you're sitting, your resting heart rate, the lower the number, the better, because that shows you that your heart is is pumping less when you're just sitting. Now, someone who's really out of shape, they are, their heart will pump 100 beats a minute. Yes. 110 beats a minute. Really, really bad shape. And these, that's an, and the, that's a sign that your heart is not trained properly and you're in really, really bad shape. So that's why just walking to your mailbox will win you. But someone who's in really, really good shape, like Mobster and I, when we were in top shape with endurance, we had maximum heart rate. We had resting heart rates of the 40s. Yeah, I, I was, when I was doing, I was going and do Bikram yoga, which is a heart, really hard cardio. And I was doing pyro Pilates for a while. And I got my resting heart rate, even in my 40s, my resting heart rate was 47, 48. Well, I was so, less. Yep. That's how crazy that yep. was, Steve. I got it done. I was jogging, I think, five times a week. I would run a 10K at the weekends. Uh, I was doing uh, two evenings. I was also doing taekwondo and lifting. So it was quite a combination. And at some point, it actually got to be too much. But my rest and heart rate got down to 38 in the morning, Steve. Literally, legs over the side of the bed, guys. Sit in there. Take a moment. Relax. And then I would check my heart rate. And I did that mo multiple times. It wasn't just a one-off state. This was multiple times it would be under 40. Now, I weighed a lot less than I do now, but I was running a lot. And that, to be honest, I actually say even now, not just the running itself, but my level of fitness was so good, I would have a hard training session in a nearby sports center. And I'd come out, chat with the guys, shoot the breeze and i felt like i could go back inside and do another training session now i didn't because i wasn't an idiot and i wanted to recover and i was doing the other crazy stuff as well plus i was working a physical job the combination of all those factors and yet i had a resting heart rate of 38 the big thing that steve hasn't mentioned is the difference between the two now what do i mean by that it's the ability for that high heart rate let's use the example that steve said earlier on of an older guy with 170 and a low heart rate the, your, a good indication of your level of fitness is the speed, at the time at which it comes down from the high heart rate to the low one. That's a great indication of the fitness. So in other words, how quickly you recover. So what we're going to talk about here today, guys, just a few ideas and the importance of cardio as well is how to make that happen. Now, Steve, you're way, way more into this now than I am at the moment, although I was back in the day. Give the uh, listeners a few tips and techniques that you use now. Yep. And what Monster was mentioning, just, just to understand, Lance Armstrong, 32 beats per minute. You, wow. Usain Bolt, 33 beats per minute. Those are the, that's their resting heart rate when they were at their yeah. peak. So, it, you know, marathon runners, 30 to 40. So 
when I was running, you know, half marathons and five Ks, my resting heart rate was around that was around 40. So, um, you know, mobster and I were definitely, so that big spread between having a maximum heart rate at 200 when you're in your twenties and then yeah. having the resting heart rate that low, that shows you how much of a, a spread that you can basically, how good of your heart is, uh, how good of your heart. So one of the best tips, um, is going to be with, when it comes to cardio, is getting either an Apple watch or a GPS watch. And you can strap a heart rate monitor with a GPS watch too. Um, the Apple watch comes with it already. And you can actually track your heart rate as you're doing activities and as you're exercising and stuff. And it becomes kind of a, a, a game where you try, where you can really track your progress. So let's say right now, the average human, you know, 60 to 100 is going to be your resting heart rate. But you want to get it obviously closer to 60, closer to 50 as possible. So that shows you that you're in really good shape. So let's say you're at 85 right now. You can actually track this and see how you're progressing. So there's really, you know, the bottom line, there's really the simplest way to do this. Number one, obviously right off the bat is changing your diet. Because if you're eating shitty, it's going to be really hard to do cardio. You know, um, if you eat a bad meal and then try to go do, you know, high intensity cardio, you're going to throw up. Your body's going to reject, want to evacuate whatever you put into it. So it's really, really good to change your diet right off the bat. So a really good strategy would be fasted cardio, because when you do fasted cardio, there's nothing in your stomach. There's nothing for your body to process. So it's really going to help you get the most out of your cardio that way. But if you insist on having something fruit, especially tropical fruits, melons, stuff like that are really good because they're full of fiber and water. And that is going to not bother you as much. So I, what I would do, what I used to do, if I had late in the day training, I would basically eat like one egg and I would eat some fruit with it two hours before my cardio. And I might have some, a little bit of brown rice here and there. And that was a really good meal. And then I would try my best in that two-hour window before I did my cardio mobster to evacuate, to take a dump, basically. You want to <laughs> piss and shit out everything out of your body the most you can. This way, when you run, you're nice and light, and, and that's it. So experiment on different things. If you're allergic to eggs, obviously, <laughs> it's not a good idea to eat eggs if you're allergic to them. So you have to find out what works for you. But generally, things that are, you know – you know, generally like, like tropical fruits and, and stuff like that are really, really easy for your body to process and digest. So you can try that. So I'm going to talk about that and we're going to get into some cardio strategies here. I'll give you an example, guys. One of the things that I've mentioned on previous podcasts and has mentioned it on the forums as well is I do, I have, I don't have a, a, a an iPhone or an iWatch or whatever else, but most phones you can have an app added to it, which counts your daily steps. And my daily step target for my height, my weight, my age, everything else is with a moderate setting on on the uh, receptor, so you can you can have it super sensitive or super low sensitive, one or the other. Mine's in the moderate, it's in the moderate position, and I have a six thousand step count every single day for heart health. And I've actually done that already, Steve, before I even trained this morning because I went to the shops and then I went one of my daily walks by the local uh, wetlands and took some photographs this morning. Bitterly cold, by the way. And I'd already done my daily steps before I got back to the house after those two ventures. And whatever else I'm doing for the days into a bonus. Now, here's the thing. As big and as old and as strong as I am, 
I need to do these things because real, real big guys like me who have poor hearts will die. It's as simple as that. And they will die. We're all going to die, but we will we'll die sooner. You do not see 400-pound strongmen that are 80 or 90 years of age. You very rarely see 300-pound strongmen that are 80 or 90 years of age. It's just a fact of life. And that additional body weight puts stress, and like Steve said, with the diet. So that's one. I mean, I talk about this, guys. How many of you know, and in fact, some of you will be guilty of this, so I'm going to sound like Uncle Mobster's kicking your ass, which I kind of am, but how many of you drive to the gym, especially in the US, I get it, it's a car-centric society, and then do cardio. I walk to the gym, Steve. I don't drive, so that's another reason, but I walk to the gym. I walk to the gym, that's, my, that's half my daily steps, just walking to the local gym. I have my gym here at the house as well, as a few of the listeners already know. But I walk to my local gym. It's over a mile there. And then I walk from there to the shops and then back to my house. I've done at least three miles plus. Just walking to the gym, walking to the shops, and then coming home afterwards. That's my. It's pretty much close to my daily quota, my, my 6,000 steps. So, guys, driving to the gym to get on the treadmill. Steve, you've not talked about this, and this is it, – it's, it's, we know the benefits of cardio. You should know the benefits of cardio, and that's what we're discussing here. But strategy is walk. Walk. Go trail walking. Walk up a mountain. Walk up a hill. Don't walk on the flat. Start setting times. We have, uh, I think, something over there called Park Run, which is a 5K, and it's done all over the United Kingdom, Steve. Over 1 million people at the same time on every Saturday morning. The fellow that put this together got a, a medal from the Queen when she was alive. An MBE, I believe, for putting this together. They register your times and people compete to get their names on the list. And it's 1.2 million people every Saturday morning running a 5K. And then there's parks and, and uh, running areas all over the United Kingdom. You have it in America, you have it in New York, you have it in the big cities, you can have it in your local areas too. Join that. Just, just do that, Steve. Go for a walk during the week and do the 5K at the weekend. Now, one more thing before I'll let Steve carry on, and that is quite simply, and this is another trick, great trick for those of you that struggle with diet, but also for those of you that wanted to put on weight. The more cardio you do, and it can, doesn't have to be high intensity running as fast as possible, but it can be low intensity, it could be the trail walking that I've mentioned, it could just be getting your daily steps in. It keeps your metabolism ticking over. What do I mean by that? If you sit on your ass in front of the sofa, the boob tube with a remote control and a bag of chips, your metabolism will slow down. Those of you that are running, those of you that are walking, those of you that are getting in daily steps will have a faster metabolism. So if you eat the same amount of food, the one with the faster metabolism will be leaner. It also means that when you're not eating, when you do diet, the speed that you'll lose weight, the quickness that you'll get into shape and, and or use fat as a metabolic tool for you to have energy is that much more efficient. And in fact, it's an arguable, Steve, I believe, both with the fasting that you talk about a lot, but also with a higher level of cardio, your digestion tends to be better as well. How's about some more tips and techniques, Steve? So very, very important before we get into training strategies, shoes. Shoes are crucial. Don't make the mistake of buying cheap shoes. Yes. You got to go good quality shoes. Now, there's certain brands that certain people are going to like better. I personally like Nike. I like to go to Nike outlet store, 
and I get shoes that are discounted 40, 50% because they're the model is a year old or whatever. So everyone wants the new one when it first come out. I like to get the, I like to get them when they're, you know, a, a year out and then you could save 40, 50% that way. And those really work good for me. You need a, a good quality running shoe. All right. Yeah. So you can go there. They'll help you fit. And they said fit properly. You need to try them out. You need to walk around the store in them. You need to do a little, you know, a little jogging around in the store. Make sure that they fit properly. Because if they don't, you're going to run into injuries from poor shoes. I personally like to find grass. I'll go find a soccer field or a football yeah. field near me or a park that has grass and, and run barefoot. That is what most optimal way to run. But if you don't have that, find a soft surface and run in your shoes. Do not run on sidewalks and, tr and do not run if you can on streets. Streets are extremely dangerous. You get hit by a car happens all the time, but also it's not good for your legs. It's not good for your feet. It's not good for your knees. It's not good for your hips. It's not good for your back, anything to run on a hard surface, run on a soft surface treadmills not a good idea treadmills you heel strike on treadmills you cause a lot of nagging injuries from treadmills i'm not i don't recommend running on a treadmill so best thing is to run either on a track if you live in a cold climate you can't go outside and run on grass run on an inside track on a soft surface that you know a rubber surface that they have on indoor tracks they have these places all over the place in cold climate areas where you can run indoors on these tracks and they're much easier on your legs than running on concrete or running on on, on treadmills or running on roads okay so mobster chime in on that a little bit and we're going to get some on some strategies that can rapidly improve your cardio rapidly so one of the things that steve just mentioned i actually agree 100 percent with and when i first started jogging many many years ago I did five minutes of research, guys. It was super important. So here in the United Kingdom, there's a, a, a bunch of running shops called Run and Become. And they have these machines where you can walk on them, Steve, and run on them. And they measure where your feet, you, you run on the outside, you run on your toes, you run on your heel, and so on and so forth. And the idea is that you go there, you run on this machine. It doesn't have to be super fast. You do it enough times that the machine registers where the impact is multiple times. And they recommend a shoe. And sometimes it's just having an insert an orthopedic insert added to the shoe so that it supports you in that particular place that you run on. So that was, that was a, there's a recommendation there. There's something you can go off and do. You can do serious. The second thing I did is I bought a running magazine and I <clears throat> I looked at the review, Steve. And at that particular time, there was a very reasonably priced shoe that high tech produced. I made sure that when I was doing all my running, I had a pair of those shoes. I would have a pair on and I'd have a pair in reserve. Oh, that's another quick tip. And technique for you guys and you get this especially from steve with his middle distance the the half marathons and the full marathons break those shoes in do not run in a new pair of shoes they're a lot better than they used to be steve you can certainly walk about and train weight train in a new pair of uh, sneakers but i would not recommend running a half marathon or a marathon in a new brand spanking new pair of shoes i would definitely recommend breaking those in whether it's walking around the house with the laces loose just go for a few easy strolls, get your feet used to them, and so there'll be certain pressure areas, especially if you change brands or you change the model of shoe that you're using. So that's the obvious one there. But yeah, I made sure to read up on that, that issue of where your foot strikes the ground. For example, I use my heels quite a lot. 
I could see that from the shoes where they wear, and that's just for walking around. Uh, wear a proper pair of weightlifting boots. One of them do my super heavy squats, Steve. So they're super stable. There's a strap on. There's laces and a strap that goes across. So there's no side wave movement. And the same thing, this kind of same common sense stuff, especially if you're semi-serious or properly serious about your running. And it's, especially if you start to get into the 10Ks, the 5Ks, the half marathons and marathons, you will want a proper pair of shoes. Like I said, I would have a pair that I was wearing and I would have a broken in pair that had only been worn just to get comfortable, and they would be my spare. And the moment I ruined the first pair and started using the second pair, I'd go out and buy another pair if I could. The same brand, the same model, the same everything. And they were a proper, proper running shoe. Not just a sneaker, not a fashion item. I don't need to look good. I need to make sure that my feet are supported and comfortable. Now, again, marathon stuff, the longer distance stuff, good pair of socks clean socks, changing after a run, especially if you're going to do something else. Hot and sweaty is never good. It's going to rub up against the inside of the foot, that kind of stuff. On the running machines that Steve mentioned earlier, there's a new design of machine which has like a sort of arched or curved bed. That allows for a more natural foot position. But again, Steve's right. Getting outside for me would be always the way that I would go in that regards. And cardio doesn't just have to be running, of course. You have um, stair climbers, there are other forms of cardio. You can literally play low-intensity badminton or squash and all these things, anything that gets your heart ticking over. But we're focusing on running because that's the most obvious and it's the most common form of cardio. Let's get into the strategies like yep. you said, Steve. And also the tip with the shoes, you know, around, you know, three to 500 miles, around 400 miles usually, that's when you need to start replacing the shoes. You don't want to run in worn shoes or you're screwed. All right, so let's get into it. So you have high-intensity yeah, yeah. So really interval training is how people train for especially for to really, really improve you're rapidly improve your cardio quick. So what you'll see if you ever do a half marathon, you'll see during your half marathon, people will have they'll they'll be keeping an eye on their heart rate. When their heart rate gets to a certain number, they will slow down. And then once their heart rate gets starts dropping when it gets to a certain number. The, the watch will beep, and then that tells them to start going faster again. And then their heart rate will get to a certain point, and the watch will beep, and then they'll slow back down. So that's interval training, and that's how people train for marathons. They run a half marathon, and during the half marathon, they'll do interval training during the half marathon to train themselves for the marathon. So that's how you can train your heart. So if you just want to get, you know, really, really improve your cardio quickly, a good strategy what would be, example, to go to a track. And you could do high-intensity sprint one lap and then do one lap where you're slow jogging. And then the next lap, high-intensity, and then slow jog. High-intensity, slow jog. Do that off and on for about eight laps. And that's a great way to strengthen your heart quickly. Now, the disadvantage of interval training is some of you may not react well to that. For me... It was overtraining because if you overtrain, you can actually end up getting injuries and actually it can end up backfire on you. So for me personally, I reacted better than interval training to long, slow distance LST training. And what that is, is just basically getting a watch, setting it for 55 minutes or 50 minutes or an hour and just slow jog. 
for that point of time. Same speed, just go find a trail, a running trail, and just jog. And I reacted incredibly well to that. And it might have to do with when I was a kid, I loved sprinting. I would do a lot of sprinting. I didn't like long distance. So maybe I tr- I was better, better at, at sprinting all along. And that was my weakness was more the long distance. So for me, training more long distance, slow, ended up helping me. So, and in the end, a lot of you are probably going to be somewhere in the middle where you're going to want to do some interval training. You're going to want to be do some long, long, slow distance. And then, of course, there's tempo running. In a tempo run, you would basically... Inst- Let's say you run a 25-minute 5K. So with a tempo run, you'd want to run that 5K in 28 to 30 minutes. So it's slower than you would normally run at your, you know, trying to get faster, but you're not overtraining where you're just like running a 5K, running a 5K at your ultimate speed. So you kind of take a few steps back there and slow it down. So that's how you're going to train. Now, you can improve your cardio not just from – you know, actually going out there and running, you can improve your cardio other ways. Bikram yoga, hot Bikram yoga, you're not even moving. So let's say you've got uh, a lot of, let's say you're, you know, got injuries or you don't like running or something. You can go to a hot room at a yoga studio and do Bikram yoga, which is brutal 90 minutes of hell. And you'll get your heart rate really beating like crazy. And that will get you in shape in, in, in no time. I mean, if you go do Bikram yoga like three times a week for a month, you will, after that month, I guarantee you, you'll shave 15, 20 points off your uh, resting heart rate. I mean, it's that intense. Also, pyro Pilates in a hot room, incredible for your, and you're, you're just staying in the same place. So you're doing a lot of burpees, you're doing pushups, you're doing jumping jacks, basically. So you're not even like, going anywhere you're just staying in the same spot and you're able to improve your cardio that way and that will shave 10 15 points off your cardio off your resting heart rate too so those are some options for you you don't have to go out there and spend all this money on shoes and go out there and run outside and all this stuff you can literally do it just standing in your spot just by doing some of these other strategies um, it really, really works good. And look, at the end of the day, one of the myths out there you see is, oh, cardio burns muscle. Cardio is not good for muscle. It's complete bullshit. When you do cardio, you're strengthening your heart. It's going to allow you to build more muscle and build more strength over time because you have a stronger heart. And it's going to help your weight training because when you weight train, your heart rate spikes during a set. So really, it's important, guys and gals out there, test your resting heart rate, see where it's at. Okay, 60 to 100 is what the average couch potato American should be. But you as an athlete, you need to get that thing down under 65 or under 60 if you're going to consider yourself an athlete. So and me and Mobster, you know, we've had our heart rates in the 40s. We've had our heart rates even, you know, Mobster had his under 40. So, you know, it's there's really no excuse for why you should be always in top shape. Um, and that's going to help you live a long, healthy life. Heart attacks, number one killer among women, number one killer among women in America, heart disease. So it affects everyone, both sexes. Um, people are dying of heart attacks at a young age. There's really no excuse for it. So make sure that you keep your heart health always on, you're on top of that. It's very, very important. So again, there's so much information that we have to share for you. And uh, we're going to talk about more more stuff for sure in future podcasts. So hit us up. Come on the forums. If you have questions about cardio, 
We've got plenty of moderators who have a history with endurance. So we can we can definitely give you some tips and help you out with that. Um, steroids, mobster, why don't you talk about steroids? We have a few minutes uh to talk about that. Talk about steroid use and cardio. And then right, we'll so uh, we'll finish up. Yeah. Yes, Steve. So um it's a well <laughs> it's one of those things that we like to ignore, but I was gonna say it's well known because it is. And quite simply, our non-medical use of anabolic steroids and some other performance enhancing drugs. The dr those drugs were sometimes developed for things to do with your blood. And I've mentioned anemia in the past, but we're not using it at medical levels. We're using a performance enhancing level. What happens is that you have a negative effect. And it, for example, both steroids and, for, as per myself, getting real, real big puts more stress on your heart. That's why I do my daily steps, as I said earlier. And quite simply, an athlete can enlarge their heart just by training by doing heavy weights, by doing the stuff that we do in the gym. And then we're thickening our blood. We're doing stuff that can make for blood clotting issues. We're doing stuff that can make, literally being real, real big, is going to get you out of breath. And that's if you're muscular, Steve. How many times have we listened to top professional, and I mean listened, not watched, top professional bodybuilders doing podcasts, doing vlogs on YouTube. And when you listen to them, Steve, they sound breathless while they're talking and there's an element sometimes of being ever so slightly excited stimulated with the adrenaline going but really what we're listening to here and again it could be things with fat burners steve and diuretics and everything else but it's all those factors and they're oh so you like this while i'm doing and this is not why they're in the gym i'm exaggerating for the purpose of illustrating it but that's while they're sitting on the sofa that's while they're in the kitchen eating one of their meal preps they sound ever so slightly out of breath because at the very high top end of bodybuilding, or indeed most sports, Steve, it's not healthy. And what we're talking about here with cardio is heart health, the benefits. There's also an argument, Steve, and I made this in a pre-show, that if you do cardio, you stimulate, and I mentioned also in the podcast earlier on as well, you stimulate your appetite, which means your metabolism ticks over more, and therefore you can eat and if you're a real, real big professional bodybuilder, again, some of those are looking to four, five, six thousand calories a day. Now they can do that because they've stimulated their, their metabolism, they've stimulated their appetite, they've stimulated the heart. So they're putting six thousand calories a day without being unwell. And this is the more sensible ones. How often now, Steve, when we watch these vlogs, these videos, etc., on YouTube with top professionals, you might see. I'm thinking of Kai Green on the treadmill. But I can't, I'm not seeing the last two, three years. It's boring perhaps to watch. But they're not including cardio. They're not showing you what they're doing. They're, again, uh, Jay Cutler in his garage, um, Big Rammy, plodding away in uh, uh, James's garage, Dennis James's garage. That's about it. I can think of the last couple of years. Very, very little cardio seemed to be done. And yet it is a super, super important part. Again, weight training, weightlifting, bodybuilding has some moderate benefits on your heart. But when it's taken to the, to the extreme and it's taken to the world's strongest man level for strength or the super high level for powerlifting or the very, very high level of 250 plus pounds, 300 pounds uh, muscular bodybuilders in the open class at the Olympia, it is not about heart health. And that's why these things become super, super important because what's important to you at the time, being the world's strongest man, being the world's greatest bodybuilder, 
will go out the window five or ten years down the road. And as an example, and this has been mentioned on, on uh, forums recently, one of my buddies recently passed away from a heart attack at age 30 fucking six. And I had at one point a few years ago, in part of his strength, got up to 180 kilograms, which is the best part of 400 pounds. The 36 years of age is not an age that we should be having heart attacks in. 400 pounds is an incredibly rare place to be, regardless of what sport you're involved in. I'm 58. Uh, my blood pressure typically is on points, very rarely to get out of control. My heart is within range. I get daily steps in. These things are super important, guys. It might not seem like that at the beginning, but it's definitely important when you finish training, when you stop being a crazy motherfucker, when all the anabolic stuff goes out the window. And trust me, it is, it is a huge issue when you are using performance-enhancing drugs and specifically anabolic steroids and some level of stimulant, Steve, which you and I could talk about in another podcast, the, the ones that make your heart race, guys. If, if your heart's racing and it's racing all the time while you're sitting there because of the stimulants, that's an issue. And that includes using crazy levels of uh, stimulating pre-workouts. These things are not long-term good for your heart. So looking after them, doing cardio, making your heart race from exercise and not because you're obese, not because you've allowed yourself to get out of shape is super, super important. This is one of those podcasts, Steve, that we could go on for another hour on real easy because of how important it is. As always, please note, we are not doctors and the opinions on these shows are ours and ours alone. It's our view and it's based on our experience and views on the topic. A podcast for informational purposes and entertainment only. The freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.